So we're talking about um, <clears throat> Jesus found in the whole Bible. And we talked about uh, Genesis all the way to Psalms. And today we're talking about Proverbs. And uh, Proverbs, uh, at least this is not written down anywhere, but uh, pro means what? Good, right? Or before. And verbs means actions. So if you want some wise actions, uh, Proverbs is the book for you. And the really cool thing is there's 31 chapters in... Now, you know when the Bible was written, there was no chapters of verses. We did that because we like to put things in categories. But um, Proverbs has 31 chapters. And so how many days of the month sometimes? 31. Look at that. And so if today is April 16th, don't, don't forget April 18th is tax day. But anyway, April 16th, you would read Proverbs chapter... <laughs> there you go. Um, when I was a teenager, that's how I uh, uh, found out how to do Bible studies by myself. And um, that, that helped me, so I just wanted to pass that on to you. So what is wisdom? Well, actually, the Bible defines it for us, and then we have uh, a couple other definitions. But the Bible, we should always go for the Bible for the definition of another word that's in the Bible. Before we go to the original language, usually the Bible interprets the Bible. And then we go to the Greek and the Hebrew, and then we like, oh, wow, that... If you want to do that, there's tons of stuff online that you can actually do that and uh, don't have to, like, you know, be a smarty pants like me or something. Anyway, um, and Dean and I are actually trying to do Greek again, and it's interesting. So, wisdom is defined by this. James chapter 1, 2 through 5. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. You're like, wait a minute, wait, uh, trials? That's what you're talking about, wisdom? Yes. Just... Hear it out. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. So we go through trials for what? Mature and complete. Not lacking anything. If any of you lacks what? Wisdom. You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And will be given to you. So there's a definition of wisdom. And that we have this perseverance. We get the knowledge. And we become mature. And use that at the right time. At the right place for the right reason. Also Proverbs chapter 1. 1 through 3 says this. The Proverbs of Solomon. Son of David. King of Israel. For gaining what? Wisdom. And instruction. For understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior. So action, good behavior, good for other people, good for yourself, and good for the kingdom. Doing what is right and just and fair. So Christians, above all else, should be behaving as right, just, and fair by God's wisdom. Because the only one who knows really what is right and wrong is God. And then we have our facts and our opinions on earth. But truth does not change over culture or people. The truth is the truth. It stays the truth. And so the wisdom will come from God's word. Look at Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. This is how you get wisdom. And I know you're thinking, wait a minute. Real love drives out fear. Yes, but actually, if you look at the Hebrew word for this, this is kind of an honoring and respect and like, God, you are ultimately the holiness and the righteousness and the wonderfulness 
of, you know, everything. And he does have us in his hands. You know that, right? Everything is in God's hands. And so we have this honor and respect, not fear as cowering down. And sometimes you might start your faith journey on that, that you have the fear of hell or you have the fear of uh, things that are coming, things that maybe uh, you can't explain. But our journey takes us to wisdom and to love and to peace and to patience. And so the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. I should have known that in middle school when I really messed with the teacher and the teacher took me and threw me up against the locker. Can't do that today. I'm just saying I should have had wisdom there and not uh, push him to his limit. Yeah, I was not a, a kind person in middle school and high school. Anyway, that's why God saves me, and um, we're not going there. Wisdom is to know when to do it, when to say, when to have the just and the fair and the rightness at the right time, at the right place, for the right reason. Now, we can have all kinds of knowledge and go on jeopardy and win a lot of money, but that knowledge probably will not save you. That knowledge will probably just make you smart, and people are like, oh, we got a lot of money, I'm going over there. But when you take that knowledge and you use it for a purpose, that is wisdom. And so Jesus has a lot to say about wisdom. Jesus is Son of God and the Holy Spirit, and so Jesus is God. And so he is the one who wrote this through inspired people, uh, through the Holy Spirit to, to inspire it. And so this is his wisdom. So we're just going to say it right out loud. The first thing is Jesus' wisdom. Proverbs 19.8. So, our caveat is that we need to fear God, know that it's true and just and fair. And that's when we can start going, oh, this makes sense. Because if we try to interpret in our culture, if we try to interpret in our society, if we try to interpret in our way that we want to twist it, it doesn't work. Yeah, some things in the Bible... Literally don't make sense, but that's why we have faith, because it makes sense to God. God has the answers, not me. And so if I do something wrong out here, please tell me afterwards. I mean, you can tell me in in front of everybody that I don't know if you want to be embarrassed or yell or anything. But I don't have all the wisdom. Who has all the wisdom? God does. That's why I grasp him tightly in everything that I do. So here's Jesus' wisdom. Proverbs 19.8. The one who gets wisdom loves life. See, if we're a fool, if we're we're not taking that wisdom, if we're not taking that knowledge and turning it into wisdom, we're not really living, are we? We're kind of stuck in this deadness or this sinfulness. The one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. Now, obviously, we, we look at that word prosper, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get money. Woohoo! Well, sometimes your wisdom helps you that. But really, this is a spiritual prosper. This is like the blessing of you can love your enemy without trying to kill him. Or pray for your enemy without trying to gossip about him. And that's the prosper that we get from God's wisdom, is that we can actually overcome our humanity and say, hey, look, the Spirit tells us to do this. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the power. So we can do it. Humans cannot do it alone. That's why we need Jesus. 
That's why Jesus came. <laughs> and so he's given us the wisdom to determine what is right and wrong. Now, I'm not one for, for a checklist, because I think if we do a checklist, we're kind of back in the law area. We're saying, like, oh, I did this today, I did this today, I did this today. I'm, I'm good, God, you need to give me some blessings. It's not that way. Okay? We do these things because we love God, not because we have a checklist and like, well, we've done that, now you've got to give us something. God doesn't owe us anything. We owe him everything. And so, but I, I love these scriptures in the New Testament that actually tells us, hey, this is right and this is wrong. And no matter if our society or we agree with it. That's why it's truth. It doesn't change. God says we need to actually sacrifice our desires and bring it to God and desire him. Look at Galatians 5, 19 through 26. So here's wisdom. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you're like, well, wait a minute, nobody can get there. Right, you as a human cannot get there. You have to have who? Jesus. <laughs> I've done many, some of those things, not all of them, but some of those things. But when we get the Holy Spirit, there's that word again, but, therefore in the end. But, when we get the Spirit, we have the fruit of the Spirit. Here we go. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, we have laws against some of these things, right? You, you, ha- you can't really be drunk and, and go out and do whatever you want because you'll get arrested or drive a car. But I don't think there's any law against love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control, right? Even God says it here. Against such things, there is no law. You can have an abundance of those things and not be illegal having them. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the what? See, we don't want to go on on the scripture like, oh yeah, these are good. Love, joy, peace, patience. But you have to give up something. Your flesh has to give it up. If we trust in our own flesh and our own righteousness, we are not going to make it. That's why we need Jesus. Now listen to this. Christ have crucified the flesh with the passions and desires. We can still have passion and desires. As long as we don't act on those if they're sinful. That means we're going to suffer until we get to heaven. Yes, that's good. Jesus suffered. And if we're, and if we're his followers, guess what we're going to do? And we're going to suffer too. But it brings perseverance and maturity and wisdom. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. We need to do that in gentleness. Hey, these are the things that we shouldn't be doing. These are the things we should be doing. And sit down with one another. Not point the finger and start yelling at them. What what good is that? (laughs) Well, you're doing orgies. Stop that. No, you go to them and and you help them understand these things. 
And you love them. And if they go back to it, you've done your job. You have given Jesus. You have told them about the gospel. It's their choice what they do with it. So once we have wisdom, and it comes from Jesus, then that really makes us humble because we don't have all the answers. Literally, we don't have all the answers. That's okay, because we're limited. That's okay. And so we're going to have to be humble in the sight of God. So look at Proverbs 13.10. Where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom is found in those who take what? Advice. I should have did that also when I was a teenager because my dad had pretty much a lot of the answers and I thought he was a fool. And then when I went to college, I thought, ah, my professors are Christians, but yeah, they're foolish too. And then I got out and I started doing ministry and I didn't know anything. And it humbled me. Even though I went to five years of college, I did a four-year degree in five years. Okay, that doesn't make sense. But anyway, I did. Uh, I met my wife there, and um, you know, I, I started becoming a minister. And then you, you go out in the like the real world, and you're like, I don't know anything. <laughs> Especially when I'm trying to, as a young person, you know, I got all the answers, and I'm trying to fix everybody. I can't fix everybody, but Jesus can. You can tell that to other people because there's. I won't see half the people you are encountered with, so it's not my job. It's you to go out and teach them. To use the wisdom God has given. Look at Romans 15, 17. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, I have found reason for what? Boasting. We're supposed to have pride? I thought pride was bad. It's where you put your pride. Oh, I'm proud of Jesus. I'm proud of his works and his glory and his righteousness. I'm not really proud of what I do. Why? Because my righteousness to him is filthy rags. But therefore, see that but and and therefore, therefore in Christ Jesus I have found reason for boasting in things pertaining to who? Not me. Not society. Not my flesh. Not my desires. Not my job. Not my house. Not my car. What is it pertaining to? God. Oh, I'm proud of God. And it makes me humble to say it. Look at 1 John 2.16. See, the, the devil and his demons have the most simple pattern. And they haven't changed from the beginning of the world when they tempted Eve and Adam. It has never changed. They're still doing the three things over and over again. And it works. Why? Because our humanness, we think we can overcome it by ourselves. We can't. We can overcome this by Jesus. Here we go. Ready? Here's the three things that Satan always does. And we just got to wake up and start saying, no, we're not doing that. 1 John 2.16. For everything in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's what Satan uses all the time. Comes from the not- from the Father, but from the what? World. Society does not dictate right and wrong. God does. Now, if you're not a follower of God, hey, do what you want. But you're going to pay the price at the end. If you're a Christian, you need to know these three things and ask Jesus to help you 
through those things. Because you can't do it alone. And so God has wisdom not only in humbleness, in real wisdom, but because you have that wisdom, this is going to be controlled more. Look at Proverbs fifteen twenty eight. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. I mean, it just like flows, like a throwing up all these words and wicked things. But the righteous steps back and says, okay, should I say it now? What do you want me to do, God? How do you want me to do this? It even says in the Old Testament, a fool is many in his words. Have you met somebody like that? They just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and you're like, hello. And then they get talking about themselves and then they just go down a path and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I think one of the people that I look up to for wisdom, and I, I look up to God first, totally, okay? But there are some people in my life that uh, I, I see as wise people. And they'll probably be, like, shocked when I say it. But my father-in-law is very wise, and Vern Crawford. Both of them don't say much, but when they do say it, it's good wisdom. And I like that. Because some people... Like me, I love to talk. Sometimes I talk foolish things. And so we got to be careful what comes out of here. James 3.10. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Wait a minute, we, we just had this great worship service. We're praising God. We're listening to his word. And then you go home and you start bad-mouthing your neighbor or gossiping or cursing or saying this and that. And you're like, wait, James like, wait a minute. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, should this not be? This should not be. 100%, we got to control this. And how do you do that? With the Holy Spirit knowing what to say. Also, Jesus' leadership is pure wisdom. Proverbs 12, 1 says this. Whoever, dis- whoever loves discipline loves what? Knowledge. Hey, Jesus does discipline us. It's a little pain to get back on the track. If a father, an earthly father, disciplines his child to put him back on the track, I'm pretty sure Jesus, who is our heavenly father, puts us back on track. And then this little word, here we go, but whoever hates correction is what? Stupid. <laughs> or a fool. James five nineteen through 20 says this. My brothers and sisters, if... One, you should wonder from the truth, and someone should bring that person back. Remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover up a multitude of sins. Because we've got to be a leader in Jesus Christ. We've got to be a leader to stand up, to say, or to act the right way at the right time, at the right place. For everybody to understand that we are under the authority of God and not our own authority. Look at Colossians 4, 6. Let your conversations be full of what? Gossip. Is that what it says? No, what does it say? Full of grace. Guys, you don't know what's happening in somebody's life when you're talking to them. You might say something and they're just going to go down this wicked path because you said it. There's many people in my life that have said horrible things. 
And I said, okay, mom, going that way then. But once they encourage me or they have full grace or they are, uh, you know, seasoning with salt. It says seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Think before you speak. Now, we say that very simply, but sometimes we don't do that. And wisdom is, I want to think before I speak. And then once we know that we have humbleness, that wisdom comes from God and that we're not saying those things... And we lead people to Jesus, then he gets to the core of our heart. Everything is Jesus's, even the money you earn. Proverbs 12, 11 says this. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. We've met those people, right? Where all they do is... Play video games? Well, I, 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 never mind. I do love video games. I'm going to say, uh, do all these crafts. I know I like crafting. Um, anyway, you do something more than what you should be doing for God. Okay? Or going to work. And so what happens to you? You lose the house. You lose the car. You lose. You might be still living it with your parents. That's okay if you are. I'm okay with that. As long as you're doing what God wants you to do. But this is good wisdom. Hey, we got to go out and do something for God. Even if you hate your job, you're maybe be the only light that they see of Jesus. And so once he gets to the heart of the issue and it's all his anyway, it's all his money, it's all his job, it's all everything is his. And we have that mentality. Then we know how to use it for other people. And then that will help our relationships. See Jesus' relationships. We are in a relationship with Jesus. Proverbs 13.20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Hmm. Well, um, let's uh, drink a gallon of milk in an hour. And uh, that will be our freshman orientation. You can't do it, guys. I got about that much, and everything up came cottage cheese. Oh, it harmed me, all right. I wasn't walking with wise people. But they laughed, and we had a good laugh, and anyway. No problem. Or making a... Hey, kids, close your ears. Making a potato gun, and uh, the potato goes to a 130-year-old building and crashes through the window at college. I wasn't around the wisest person, and that was the president's son of the college. Good thing, because I probably would have been kicked out. I was not smart. I wasn't hanging around wise people. And then we made a, um, a uh, marble gun. And it's still stuck in the wall. And then when we did that, we, we wouldn't do it anymore. Anyway, don't do these things. John 17, 15 says this. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Guys, we've got to be in the world, but we don't have to look like it. Christians should be different. John 17, 15 is about Jesus doing this last prayer before he's going to go get crucified. And his main concern was who? Us. 
Wow. John 17, 15 is a really good one to say, guys, we've got to be out there with people. We've got to love them. We have to have our speech full of grace. We can't sit around and cower and say, well, I'm a Christian. I don't want to go out there. I'm not doing anything. I've heard preachers say that. Stay with your own kind. Jesus was everywhere. He was, he was even with people who wanted to stone him. <laughs> if Jesus had stayed in his house, he would have never done any of these things. He wouldn't have experienced our humanness. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Do not mislead. Bad company corrupts good character. Now we say that, but it's found in the Bible. People always say that. You know, One apple spoils the bunch. Okay, We don't want to be that one spoiled apple. We want to be the good apples around them so they can maybe turn into a good apple with Jesus' help. And then when, once we get this relationship down, that we have this wisdom about our relationships, then it turns into a better relationship, I think. Now, that's just me because I'm coming from a married husband. If that, that's turtle up to you, if, if being single is a gift, go for it. God actually says that that's a good thing. But I like being married. And so there's wisdom in that. So Proverbs 31.30. Katie hates me doing this scripture sometimes because I'll say something after it. Proverbs 31.30. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Sorry, Katie. She's somewhere else. She's probably listening, but she will get old and ugly. Yeah, I'm going to sleep somewhere else. Anyway, but beauty comes from within of the fear of the Lord, and she's going to be beautiful no matter what age she is. Because her beauty comes in first, and then she's beautiful outside. She might not be on a cover of a magazine, but I think she's beautiful because she fears the Lord and she loves the Lord more than me. And that is to be praised. And so if you're going to have a relationship that leads to marriage, you fear God first. You put him first. And as the two of you put God first, what are you doing? You're moving closer together. Ephesians 5.21 Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then the rest of Ephesians is about husband and wives. <laughs> but we always forget this one little scripture. Submit to one another. That means husband and wife. Out of whose reverence? For Christ. It's not a competition in marriage. You're working together. 1 Corinthians 13, 3-8 gives us a perfect definition of love. I'm not going to read this. You need to read this at home because this is just this is something that you need to study yourself. I can read it and it might not make sense sometimes, but you need to go home and read it. So we're going to skip that slides because 1 Corinthians 13 should be a good definition of love. Even if you're not married, this is a good definition of love for anybody. Now we're talking about godly love, agape love, not sexual love or eros or things like that. This is agape. This is mean you can do these things even to your enemy. That's what we need to do. And so all this to say, and you're like, oh my goodness, it's 12 o'clock, we're never getting out of here. All this to say, Jesus is in Proverbs, and it's good wisdom. If you want to have action in your life that lines up with God, read Proverbs and do it. Not just read it, that's knowledge. 
But the knowledge has to come to wisdom, and you actually have to do those things that God has taught you. And then people were like, you're weird. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you know what I, where I got that weirdness from? Right here. And it works. I'm a Jesus freak. I have 100% believe that. I am a fool for Jesus. Because he's awesome. He's written the Bible. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's died for us and resurrected. And now we can be with God. We just need to choose Jesus. He is wiser and better than us in every aspect. But he still loves us. Let's pray.